So what do you think my insult about you is going to be then? Uh, putting something, he looks like a fucking egg, the bull twat. Or something <laughs> like Everyone and welcome to another festive edition of Films on Trial. That worked, but that was seamless, by the way. It was. Uh, <laughs> I'm Gav. I'm Alex. And I'm Austin. And this week we are kicking off a festive-themed month as we put Christmas or Christmas-adjacent films on trial. And we're starting off with Disenchanted the sequel to the hit noughties Disney film, Enchanted. Now, admittedly, I haven't seen this film, so I hope there is at least some, I don't know, something Christmassy about it, otherwise I'm going to look like a grade A idiot here. So, fingers crossed, it is Christmas adjacent. But regardless, we will be putting Disenchanted on trial. Is it and this is the director's name, by the way. I've got to, I've got to preemptively <laughs> set the jokes. You've got yeah, to tell set, the audience yeah. about the joke before, so they get it. It's helpful. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's no, not I, funny, but it is helpful. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> okay. Is it Adam Shankman? Yeah. Or is it Adam's been shanked, man? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah, yeah. will this film which be placed? The, uh, which one's the bad one? Well, I mean, if you've never been shanked, Ozzy. Uh, you remember Super Mario Brothers, don't you? What happened to Yoshi? Did that look fun? <laughs> now, essentially, we're going to be finding out if this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. So let's find out. But before we do, let's talk about our last film on trial, which was the horror classic, The Exorcist. Now, Dave judged that trial and deemed that it should be placed on the hit list. He's since gone away, he's watched the film, but he didn't bother coming in to record this episode maybe because he's too scared shitless <laughs> but what, what do we think do we think dave made the right call yes or no like, absolutely like without without a doubt the right call right. i mean it's uh if that's not a hit film then we, we don't know what we're doing i don't think but we don't know what we're doing <laughs> it's possible we've made so many mistakes let's just look at event horizon as one example <laughs> crossroads gav are you gonna let <laughs> i will start my crossroads <laughs> this is no. my now let's move on to the trial itself. So all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is Alex. And Alex is just like Susan Sarandon's character, Queen Nerissa, in that he loves stroking his rat. Hey! <laughs> literally though, literally. <laughs> Have a rat. Now, uh, Acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Ozzy. And Ozzy is just like Amy Adams' character Giselle, a naive rube who dresses very elegantly and whose likes, according to the Disney fandom page that I scrolled through before, include fashion, music, sewing, festivals, weddings, and happy endings. So, sorry, I meant <laughs> I played after. Sorry. Pretty much yeah. you to a T, to be honest, does he? Yeah, completely. <laughs> and supposedly, Joel may be joining us later. Who knows? But Joel is just like Patrick Dempsey's character, Robert Phillip, a dreamy yet dead eyed corporate chill. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear what they really think. And as for the role of judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to them, is me and i'm just like sorry i haven't seen disenchanted by the way so this this is based on the first film enchanted so i'm just like susan sarandon's character queen narissa a spiteful and vindictive ruler who gets others to do things for them by pretending to be nice yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very accurate yeah, yeah. Spot on, yeah. It, is, it is accurate isn't it 
Uh, now, before we get started, I think we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Oh, it's uh, on uh, question mark, which means it's up to the judge to decide. And I think as Alex gave us such a good impression last week, uh, I think it's 10 for Austin. Austin, it's been a while since you've done one. So uh, what we do here is we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So how would we like Ozzy to read out the synopsis? I think it's got to be Pip the Chipmunk. I mean, yep. <laughs> oh, my oh man! Just, just an Alvin, just a, a standard Alvin and a chipmunk. I will, I will accept. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to change the years because the years is wrong. By the way, the IMDb synopsis is wrong. But I'll, maybe I'll do it as Alvin as well. Fifteen years after her happily ever after, actually ten years, she settled questions for happiness inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Andalasia upside down in the process. That's a really good Disney sidekick. Yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd pay to see that get squished. <laughs> <laughs> we watch a lot of Disney. We watch a lot of Disney Plus in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for that, Austin. So let us kick off proceedings. And I think I'm going to start with, as per usual, the defense for a little bit of a summary. What the hell is this film all about? Why does Disenchanted need to exist? I thought that we ended in a happily ever after with Enchanted. So what's happened since then? And what happens in this film? Give us a very short summary. And, and why should it be placed on the hit list? Well, this film is called Disenchanted. And, you know, it follows on from the Enchanted, but it does it questions something that is just a bedrock of Disney, which is is a happy ever after ending. And that's the end of it. Disenchanted actually looks at that and says, well, actually, what is a happily ever after? How long does that last? And what happens beyond the happily ever after? Just a little bit of detail about the, about the plot. It's 10 years later from the first film and Giselle, Robert and Morgan have a new addition to the family, Sophia. But uh, life in Manhattan has grown a bit tiresome for Giselle. She doesn't like it anymore. And she pushes, uh, pushes them all to move to suburban Monroeville, this sort of uh, town on the outskirts of New York City. Uh, but there's some problems, obviously. The house is in disrepair. Morgan is a teenager now and hates a new school. And Robert is on this sort of commute that's just killing him, you know, slowly day by day with these, you know, boring, boring, boring. Um, and there's also a trio of women who live in the town led by um, Maya Rudolph, who are not making it easy for Giselle to integrate into the town. Giselle has a misguided attempt to help Morgan to fit in, um, she, but she's not listening to her and makes things worse. So, you know, things just go from bad to worse, basically. So Sophia gets a visit from the king and queen of uh, Andalasia, who are, you know, familiar faces from the first film, and she gets a wishing wand from them as a present. Uh-oh. So Giselle decides for her life to be a fairy tale. And this is where the film really kicks in. So what happens is instead of going to Andalasia or it's almost like Andalasia comes to the real world and everything goes into sort of a, uh, into a fairy tale. So Morgan is now happily working on her chores, the perfect daughter, doing everything she needs to be, happy, happy, happy. Robert becomes an adventurer. He's living the life of, that he's always wanted. You know, he's really, really, you know, he's fulfilled. And uh, Malvina, who is uh, Maya Rudolph, is an evil witch queen who needs to be, you know, the, the sort of the, the villain of the piece. But, and this is where the film really gets uh, really, really interesting. Giselle thinks of herself as like, you know, the kind lady. But in this perfect scenario, she actually realises that in a fairy tale, she's the wicked stepmother. And this is where the film really, really goes for it. And Amy Adams goes from being sort of naive Giselle into this she morphs into this uh, evil wicked stepmother um, character uh, you know everyone you know the plot sort of goes on I won't go through every single plot point but the plot goes on and you know events unfold uh, cartoon Andalasia with this spell is now in peril as the magic is drained out of it 
But, you know, as you would imagine, Disney film uh, before Christmas, everyone works through their issues. And by the end, there's a happy, happy ever after. So the film is, you know, it's a standard, you know, fairly standard story, but it does some really, really interesting things. And it goes into these these issues about what life can be like. You know, we we, we meet partners, you know, but as we know, when we get to our age, you know, life continues past a wedding day. It's, you know, there's, there's the real life that comes after that. And that's what that film comes into. And it's really interesting to see the switching role. Giselle is now, she was the princess who was, you know, attacked by her wicked stepmother. She herself is now, without meaning to, become the wicked stepmother. She is the one that's, you know, she, she's the one that's making things hard for Morgan now, without meaning to. And I just find that fascinating that, you know, these, these she's a villain, but not of her own making. Um, I, and there's some really good bits. You know, at one point, um, you know, Morgan says, you're not my mother. And uh, Robert says, I'm not happy living with you anymore. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not fulfilled. I'm not really happy. And these are quite, this is quite intense for a Disney film, to be honest. And that's what the film really hangs around. This really interesting way of looking at what happens as we grow older. And that things aren't quite as simple as the the, the Disney happily ever after makes us think so i i thought it was a great disney film and an interesting watch from from that point of view okay yeah that sounds interesting uh, i think yeah i mean i mean i i really did enjoy the original enchanted when it came out when i watched it not too uh not too long ago and i think it still holds up to be honest and it is that sort of classic disney staple of the film ends and it's happily ever after I like the idea of exploring what comes after that, and I, I, I like the fact that you know, in in her mind, Giselle is like the the princess, like she was in the first film. But because of the t- passage of time, and as Alex said, no fault of her own, she's actually the wicked stepmother in this. You know, it's a very interesting take on things, and it does look like it actually delves into some deep, complex emotions, and it isn't just a very surface level Disney film. Everything's great. Austin, why is that not the case? And and also want a little bit of detail about this as a sequel. You know, I think fifteen, maybe yeah, maybe about fifteen years after the original. Is is yeah, yeah. it necessary? Well, I, I one of the things I really like about Alex's arguments is very truthful throughout. Books out all of the genuinely good sections of it, and then just doesn't quite give you the full truth. You know, he's um. This does have some really interesting uh, aspects to it, and, and I think it does touch on some really good storylines that it could work on, but they're just not fleshed out. Everything's quite one-dimensional. So we're talking about Giselle going from the princess through to becoming the stepmother. But what Alex Trails mentioned is that she seems to be less affected by the spell than than everyone else. So sometimes she's back to being normal and a princess, and then other times she's a stepmother. It's just, it's just very. They've tried to shoehorn in, like I think there's like three or four different writers on this, and it's it's pretty obvious that they've gone. Oh well, that's a good story. Let's try and make that happen, but that can't work while she's the the bad stepmother. She'll have to be back to being good again. So it just sort of jumps around, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit messy. But they could have been. She could have been a bad stepmother from the start throughout. And I think that would have been really interesting. Then, you know, and then we'd have been dealing with the relationship with her and her now sort of teenage uh, stepdaughter, you know, and it, that would have been a nice take. Very trophy still, but that would have been a good story that they could have played upon within within this film. But but they chose not to. Instead, they, you know, they just went down. We've got, uh, you know, sort of like five or six different storylines going off on a, on, a, on a weird tangent and um and like alex said you know each one of them individually has a lot of power and it could have been really good and would have been really interesting to have seen how the people who brought us what was essentially a real uh you know enchanted is a real interesting fairy tale story this time they weren't really safe you know everything about the fairy tale aspect is just rehash of all the old disney films and it's there's a little bit of nice nostalgia to them, but it just doesn't, it's not very cohesive. And that's where I think is the, the real problem is that each storyline, like I said before, is does have some merit, but it's, none of it is given enough credence. So the first sort of two thirds, you feel like it 
it could go somewhere. And then because they've had so many loose ends by the time you get into the sort of the last third, it just suddenly the everything's just wrapped up in no time at all. And you're like, what the what the fuck happened here? Why <laughs> meant to be watching a, you know, not, everything just suddenly resolved and, and there was no there was no time to really explore any of the the real interesting aspects. You know, we one of the things which sort of Alex touched upon is um uh Thinky Dempsey, you know, Robert, he's um he's saying that I'm not happy, you know, and he's uh, one of the things which He's not happy because they've moved from New York to suburbia, yeah? And he's not happy because he's got to commute to work. But he only does it once. They've only literally only just moved. He commutes to work once, just one day, and then he's like, fuck this shit. I'm I mean, it depends where he works. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, like you, if you work somewhere like Stockport, yeah, yeah, then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. And then, um, and then suddenly he's packing up his packing up his practice and he moves it to suburbia to have this happy lip, like... There's just so many things about it where it's like... They I, I, see, really I, I love when you're on prosecution story. because it sounds like you've got lots of genuine beef with the film, but you pick out the strangest things that like, <laughs> yeah. really get hung it's, up on. Like, I, want I, to, I wanted to see him struggle day I, after I wanted, day. A 20-minute <laughs> sequence where he's going past people like jacking up and like Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> Can't do it. What I'm trying to get is that they didn't flesh out any of the storylines and they could have done it if they'd have just been a little bit more focused and you could have really developed everyone's just in it it's all one dimensional no one mm -hmm. from the original cast moves on at all from where they were previous they're just the same the same level um throughout and that's i think that's the real issue is it's not nearly as good as the original it's just even the new characters which come in to come in lighten this when you're watching enchanted the original Everyone in there has got a part to play. It's a real, really well thought out story. Every there's no one who's actually superfluous, even if they're a you know, like an extra, you know, in terms of the sort of you know, playing a little bit of a bit part, they have something to play to the story. And this, you've got two of the same character essentially. You've got the um, the oh, I can't think of his name now, but the, the guy's in the coffee shop. So there's this dude in the coffee shop, and he's like giving all of the answers to um, to Giselle, and then there's the, uh, the um this other version of the same same guy giving all the answers to uh Maya Rudolph's character and it's just like it's yeah, the same one like that's what's interesting the same joke seeing, you know yeah but you're seeing the characters in real life and their fairy tale counterparts so you're seeing that this guy the sort of the gossipy guy in the coffee shop is the guy in the magic mirror and that you know the the people who are you know the people on the PTA committee who don't have the guts to stand up to her are her minions. So I, I thought it was an interesting way of looking at what real life is in suburbia, which is, let's be honest, what most people experience in life. Most people are going through the Monroeville way of looking at it, not the Manhattan in Enchanted. Most people do the PTA. So I think seeing those people in fairy tale times would be would be more interesting for them. I, I, yeah, I do quite like oh, that. It's, it does sound like it's got a bit of an interesting spin in that. But is it a case that it's it, it's too hammered on? You know, like, do you think that it could have been a little bit better with just a bit of subtext? You know, sort of like, oh, where's, where to believe this person is that? It's like, no, look, this person is the talking mirror. Look, here they are, Alex. Well, I, I don't think it's quite as straightforward as that. And, you know, and as well, you're just sort of with it at that point. The film's sort of really taken off, so you're just sort of going with it a little bit. So you're seeing these different characters and you just, you know, I mean, I don't think it's something you're really concerned about because the story is really Giselle and Morgan. They are the heart of the story. You have incidental. Robert's got a very, you know, he's got a few scenes, but he's not a big part of this film. And I, I think that's the strength of the film. You know, we don't talk about the Bechdel test as much as we used to, but this film is not a love story, and that's good. You know, Enchanted was, but this isn't. This is a story between a mother and her stepdaughter and how they can, you know, go on and, and have lives together. And I thought it was good that they didn't. You know, at the end, you know, Robert and Giselle, he, he says he's not happy, but there's not about love. That's what I liked. It's not that he's not in love with her. He's not happy just because he's not feeling fulfilled, which is which is what people go through. Um, so I, I'd say it wasn't, you know, Ozzy was saying it's a bit tropey and not, and not well fleshed out. I think the, the bits that are like Giselle and Morgan, that is very touching. Some of the scenes and the way those characters grow and develop, 
is is very touching and, and very and, and and quite um yeah just just very moving and did you not think oh go on Nancy. sorry did you not think that the, the whole i'm a teenager so i must be moody vibe was a little bit just i, I did at first I'm, I'm not gonna lie at first i was like oh god like it's a teenage movie isn't it this teenage is gonna be but morgan and the actress who plays her didn't go down it, it's not like she's goth and she's like oh you know and there's a nice bit where they go into the house and you know obviously she's gonna fall out with giselle you kind of know that's coming but giselle's made a room for her and she's made it all as giselle does she you know she goes out and makes it all you know she's gone gone the extra mile and Morgan comes in and says, oh, wow, it's beautiful. I love it. And I just thought that was a moment where I was like, okay, no, the film's, do you know what I mean? It's not just going down, you know, teenager who's just annoyed and annoying for no reason. You know, as, as I think adults often write teenagers as just being like <laughs> completely, you know, like mad and annoyed for no reason. I feel like there's a little bit, it's a bit of a balanced look at teenagers. And Giselle's annoying like giselle does the wrong thing she's the one who's actually in the wrong in this so um so no i i i actually like that i also think as ozzy was talking about when he's talking about like the um you know the you, you know we're not too worried about where these characters are and what they are because the film has just got an amazing production value to it i think it's just got it's got the musicals it's got the costumes it's got you've got the bit where it goes from cartoon. Um, you've also got the when Monroeville goes from being, you know, a, a, a normal suburban place into this mythical cartoon land. And Disney's spent the budget on this. You know, the the house, the sets, and stuff like that. It's 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 all money put into the right place. So yeah, it's different to the first film in that you know filming in Manhattan. You know, it, it did have that. There's a bit more of a magic to it, I think, in Manhattan because you're in Times Square and stuff like this. This does feel a bit more like a set, Monroeville, but it's still, it's still, it's still entertaining, and it's still, it's still what people want from a fairy, from a film called Disenchanted. You want this fairy tale thing, and they had to put it in somehow, and they did it in a really interesting way. So that was one of the things I was going to ask: is that the first one was so fantastical? You had basically so, but a Disney cartoon or a Disney fairy tale brought to the real world, and you had often you see New York as like this magical destination and you had that like against the sort of backdrop of a real magical fanta fantasy world, like those two things coming together. But then you also had the great costumes and the, the musical and, you know, it was a very, very high production value. It sounds like this is the same. I was a bit worried that it might be a little bit like Hocus Pocus 2. Apologies, Ozzy, to bring that one back up. Uh, <laughs> real that. cut me deep he's <laughs> oh, yeah. like yeah what <laughs> and what <laughs> in, in that in that because it's not getting a cinematic release that it wouldn't have had that much money or attention spent on it alex says that it has though austin do you think that's the case and if not why not i think in some areas it definitely lived up to the original in terms of how much they spent on it certainly when you start the um the start of the movie, that very first, very first animated scene, and it feels very much on the same vein, the same part, like they spent as much money as Enchanted for sure. But as you go on, like the actual, um, the actual costumes, uh, a little bit lackluster in comparison, you know. And it's it's a different style. Uh, you know, you're not having the the very um, sort of uh, oh, decoy type vibes that we had. It's oh, deco the um, from the original the um, you know, it's a very different vibe now. You've got this very fantasy sort of, you know, like an old worldy medieval type costume, and it's, it does look a little bit cheap. And because the set, I mean, honestly, it sounds like just the stuff I've seen you dressed in. Oh no, it does completely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's but, but but cheap versions of that. Uh, <laughs> Aussie, they don't have around. your budget that you spend on clothes. Yeah. I mean, this is only Disney. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think what it was, it felt like um, it, it felt like a, a budget, but it's very much a budget version. They knew it wasn't going for cinematic release, but I don't think they started knowing it wasn't going for cinematic release. It feels as though almost the budget was cut midway, and then you see a bit a few uh, a few corners cut. Overall, not a terrible, right, not not a terrible difference between the two. I'd say production wise, when you consider what they were released on, but it, there's a there's a stark difference if you watch them back to back. It's a 
you know, or, or very close to each other like I did. It, it there's a stark difference, and you can see that this is this is like a straight to TV movie, which it which it was, you know. So it's a um, it's a little bit disappointing. I think if you're waiting for for 15 years to watch this, then you might be a little bit um, a little bit upset. Okay, thanks, Ozzy. Um, so story-wise, I think we've covered. I think I kind of know what's happening generally in the film. Script-wise, what's that like? I remember the first one being pretty funny. You had the whole fish out of water element with Giselle kind of being in New York and being in the real world and kind of getting lots of things confused. Uh, but also you had like very sharp writing. Uh, there was sort of, you know, sometimes when adults write children's cartoons or films for children and you can tell that you know an adult's written them and there's that subtext behind them or there's like it's a double entendre i remember the script being very well written is that the same here alex i think the script is good i wouldn't say if you if you're waiting for the enchanted script i wouldn't say the script is the strongest part of it it's not got that sort of like yeah, like you were saying, that sort of just really good because it, it, it's not got that fish out of water thing. We've done that in the first film, so that's been done. So it's trying to do something else. Um, the the, the way, where the script shines, I wouldn't say is is where it's funny as much as when it's very touching and when it's like the, the moments of real sort of pathos you have in the family. Um, I'd also say, yeah, some of the, when we're talking about script as well, I'd say the songs as well. Some of the songs are really, really interesting. There's one Morgan sings where she's singing about feeling weird in school as well. And I just thought that was a really interesting song to be in there. So I think, you know, when you're talking about, it, it, there is a musical element to this film. So, and the musical numbers are really, really solid. So, yeah, I think if you're looking forward to, a script that's as solid as the first one, I would say that's possibly somewhere where Disenchanted doesn't shine as brightly. But I'd still think it's a solid script. I don't think it falls down on its script. And when it needs to be, when it's coming into those like really those emotional moments, it's it's on point. Okay, that sounds really good. I, Thanks. I would like Alex. to respectfully disagree. Is that I think <laughs> the script. Just uh, remember, while, you while said respectfully, Aussie. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While while I do agree that. Um, there, are, there are lots of redeeming features about this film. You know, Amy Adams, I'd say, was was genuinely very good, and she she goes for it. You know, she's she knows the character well, and she's trying to develop the character in this. That that's fair. I I think the script is really the thing that lets it down. The script and the musical numbers is that they are they're one they're the things that made Enchanted so good. Realistically, you know, there that was very cleverly written, a real good take on fairy tale. Uh, tropes and and all, and a real play on that, you know, to get to to, to the other land, you have to jump down, a, you know, you have to jump down over the manhole. This time around, you know, it's just really, it's almost like we just make it as easy as possible for us, you know, we'll do the magic, and but they don't even give the magic a real, they're just not giving it any thought whatsoever. Everything can just be solved instantly. The songs are good. I, I want to say good, that they're, they're very typically musical. They're not Disney musical, they're not enchanted. They're not clever at all. They're just very paint-by-numbers musical tunes. The lyrics don't really push anything forward. What were you hoping for them to push forward? Well, that's the story. You know, like if you're in like Hamilton, for example, there's no word lost. Every every single line in, in that moves moves the thing forward. You know, the the yeah. songs in this, even in like Beauty and the Beast, you know, they tell the bit of expository. They tell things. It's not so in this that the, the words, everything about it is a little bit bland in terms of the music. Even the all the baddies, a baddie in any Disney film gets the best songs, and and they get the best song in this. But they can't even hold a light to uh, like shiny or something like that. You know, it's it's okay. not a good. It's nowhere near as good a, a musical as any other Disney film. Alex, okay, it's not a standout Beauty and the Beast. You know. Lin Manuel Miranda, you know, Hamilton, absolute, you know, stunner of a musical thing. But there's a big gap between saying it's not like we'll remember, be remembered for the ages, and it doesn't do well in the film. I think there's a big gap between those two things. And I don't think by any by any stretch does the musical numbers tank the film. I mean, I'm not big into musicals, so it's not my area of strength anyway. But the music, there's no point when you're watching a song and you're like, this doesn't make sense or this doesn't, you know, this isn't good. You know, it, it carries the film along. 
but it's not yeah yes it's i would uh, concede that it's not absolutely stunning musicals but i wouldn't go as far to say then it's not i think i think my issue is that none of them are catchy none of them are a sing-along you're not gonna you're not gonna be humming any one of them you just try you know you you might be humming something from beauty of the beast one time you know it might just pop into your head not one of these songs is going to just pop into your head during the daytime no one's going to say something from this script in your day-to-day life where you then finish the sentence you know it's just not going to happen or it or it triggers a memory of one of these tunes and that i think that's a real fall down for a, a disney tune with musical numbers in it you know that's the someone could say to me just as we're passing that you know i'm the king of the swingers and suddenly I'm in the middle of a jungle. <laughs> how, how often does that happen on a day-to-day basis? Someone just goes, a... well, someone's walking past and say, oh, hey, Aussie, by the way, I'm king of swingers. I, I, uh... <laughs> I think Harry's on on the way, and you're like, oh, shit, that's uh... <laughs> it's Jungle Book, isn't it? <laughs> I, spend a... I spend a lot of my time at caravan parks. So, uh, <laughs> say no more. Say no more. No, please say more. Please. <laughs> say more. I never had the privilege of, of visiting many caravan parks, to be honest, but I didn't realize you, that. <laughs> you might be the king of the swingers with all those flamingos you'd be putting out. To be fair, we do have some pampas grass in the window, and we keep getting <laughs> knocks on the door, like headless <laughs> <laughs> <Dateless> men. <laughs> Okay, uh, so yeah, musical numbers don't live up to the original or hold a candle. Uh, I couldn't remember the candle's name. In the way In the Beast. Lumiere. 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 But what about the cast and characters? Got some really, really good actors in this, led by the fantastic Amy Adams. And the characters already well established from the first film. It sounds like they have grown a little bit or changed since the first film. You know, do, do they still stand up? Do they have good uh, arcs? Uh, are they well written? Do we or do you feel that maybe they've lost something from the first film? Uh, starting with Ozzy. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let a bit of concession straight away. Amy Adams, I think, does a fantastic job. Really does know the character very well. She she understands the process of maybe not of being the stepmom but certainly you know of adulthood and parenthood so i think she really captures it very well considering what she's playing with i think adina uh, manzo does a great job i think she was there she's nancy she does a, a good job and and you know i think we'd be the uh, the girl who plays morgan i thought she kind of let it down i i genuinely did think she was a bit one-dimensional and was a little bit moody teenager but patrick dempsey's barely in it it's kind of a you know, if you're going to have McDreamy, you, you should really make the most of him. You know, he was a big part of big part of Enchanted, one of the main reasons for people to go and watch it. Disenchanted was the main reason I wanted to watch it, to be honest with you. I'm more than happy to uh, <laughs> to tune in with Patrick Dempsey's on the Patrick screen. Dempsey. And he's barely there. Yeah, he's good, good looking man. Could save your life if you learn anything no, from Grey's just... Anatomy. Well, I mean, you know, could, could he though? Um, um, really, if, if, you're, on, if you're on if you're on a flight, obviously, hypothetically, if you're on a flight and you start getting chest pains and you hit the ground, and they get on the speakers and say, "Is there a doctor on board?" and then the actor Patrick Dempsey approaches <laughs> <laughs> you and says, "I'm not a doctor, but I did play one for ten years." Would you be comfortable with him giving you CPR? Well, I can just, you know I can just see Ozzy going Dempsey. like. Ah. I loved you. I loved you in Enchanted, <laughs> but I didn't think you were very good in Disenchanted. <laughs> I thought you could have done a better job. <laughs> and then he punched me in the chest and then turned the other way. <laughs> okay. again like normal. Uh, okay. Where 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 we? So you know what the one thing we touched on right. So Maya Rudolph, I think is is genuinely really funny and she's really good in in most of the things we've seen here. And I think in this she almost sticks out a little bit she's over the top she's very very hammy and she's all for me i didn't think she even needed to be in the the thing i think it or maybe it would have been better if she was because she's the the evil queen when she goes into the fairy tale world and in the real world she's like like nasty head of the pta PTA yeah yeah, like very much on a power trip she's got all little minions and and so it seems really odd that everyone else changes in the fairy tale world however she's just the same it would have been better if she'd have been one of the low lives you know like one of the, the lowly minions or something and or you know almost somebody getting picked on 
and became the, the queen, I think. It, it made sense that she was already nasty and then just becomes nasty. It did, like, it did make sense. But she just, where do you go if you're already uh, a, a caricature villain in the real world? All she was able to do was just become super, super happy, you know, and that was part of the, uh, I think that was a real issue for me that she had to go up one and she did. And then it stuck out like a sore thumb compared to everyone else. So while she's doing her best with the storyline, it just um, it just meant that her performance, however hard she tried, was just going to stand out. It's just a little bit jarring. So, you know, on the, on the whole, people are trying a little bit lacklustre from uh, for, for Morgan, for me, but, you know, and over the top from Maya Rudolph. But, yeah, that, that's, I'm sorry for interchanging real names with character names thanks. no no it's great thanks Ozzy, because now I've, I've finally figured out what our christmas connection is it's starring maya rudolph so you know that's <laughs> christmas adjacent link there. <laughs> alex i mean it sounds like so as you said there, there's some good performances from uh, in dina menzel and also mcdreamy although he's a bit underutilized in it and also my rudolph is good but she's just a little bit over the top maybe a little bit too um pantomime villain what about the rest of the characters and and, and do you disagree with what ozzy said also massively disagree just to go through some like littler characters you've also got a scroll that comes in and he's uh, alan tudyk does the voice great voice actor jumps in there you got Oscar Nunez, who's the uh, guy, who, you know, from The Office, American Office, who's the uh, the mirror, basically. Uh, you've also got Yvette Nicole Brown from um, Community, who's is in there as well, and Jamie Mays, who I didn't know, recognize, but I think I could tell she'd probably be a bigger thing. And James Marsden as well reprises his role as the sort of oafish, you know, the the king of the cartoon uh, land. I think they all do a fantastic job, but they're not very much in it. And I'd agree with the the fact that Patrick Dempsey's not in it. And I'm, I think he's all right. You know, Patrick Dempsey had a supporting role in the first film. And if you wanted to do a sequel, if they wanted to just do it paint by numbers, they just have a problem between Patrick Dempsey and just and uh, um, Amy Adams. You know, Giselle and Robert, and then yeah, that that'd be a film. I like the fact that Robert's not in it that much. I think it makes the film better. I think you can focus on the main issues and i think the more interesting issues maya rudolph isn't caricature i don't think not in the real world she isn't she's 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 not a nice lady she's mean she's unkind but i don't think she pushes it too much i, I think it, it's quite a believable look at what those sort of people are like and you know I've, i you know i think we've all met people like that that's you know become you know big you know little fish in little pond basically they they become like you know the king of these little councils these little areas of their fiefdoms and you know they 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 wield their power their little power like a sword to make people's lives hell you know in, in in these little suburban towns people like Maya Rudolph can actually be very destructive when she becomes a uh, a fairy tale evil witch yes she hams it up but god you know when are you allowed to ham it up if it's not in that role do you know what i mean of course she's gonna ham it up and i don't think she goes overboard i think she does it i think she does it really well and the play between amy adams and may and maya rudolph i just think those scenes are really really brilliant i think morgan played by um gabriella baldacino i think she's great I, I like the way she doesn't look like a finally i think they got someone who didn't look like a typical disney princess i think she's just a good actress and she doesn't look you know G giselle in the first film amy amy adams looks like a disney princess i like the way you know i'm not saying she's plain or anything like that but she, she looks like a real person she looks like a real teenager it was nice to see disney picking someone who's who's obviously not you know she's a still film star do you know what i mean but she's not got it's not that ridiculous looks that sometimes you see in these Disney films. And, and I thought that was really, really good. And finally, just to come to the star of a show, Amy Adams, who is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I love Amy Adams in everything, but she's so good as Giselle. And the they made a really good pivot with her character because it would have been quite boring. I think in the first film, she's, you know, she's naive all the way through and that would have been quite boring to watch. And it would have been boring, I think, for Amy Adams to play it again. But it's this thing of her becoming the wicked stepmother. She does it so well. It's insane. There are times when it's not like she has makeup or anything, but you can tell simply by Amy Adams acting 
whether she's the wicked stepmother or whether she's Giselle. And sometimes she switches between them in the same sentence. And you can just tell. There's just something she's doing that's just absolutely fantastic. It's it, it's it's really, it's great acting in a Disney, you know, a disenchanted film, you know. So so the film's just lucky to have, have her in it. She's the main thing that runs through the whole film. And I'd say even when the script doesn't sparkle, and, and I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll make a concession here. There's a bit at the end when Morgan, you know, she's, she, everyone's in peril. Morgan's got to save the day. She's, you know, Giselle's handing the baton on to her and she's nearly dying and Morgan's got to stand up. And the speech that uh, Amy Adams, I know I'm sort of shooting myself in the foot here, but I, on paper, that speech isn't brilliant. Do you know what I mean? It's not like the best speech ever between a, a stepmother and the a daughter. But Amy Adams put so much into it that I was honestly really quite emotional when watching it, just simply for the force of her acting. I know I, I sound like I've gone overboard a bit on Amy Adams, but I cannot stress enough how what much of a star Amy Adams is in this. And this is her vehicle, so you know, when you want to get, I think the rest of them are fine. I think the rest of them, you know, I don't think anyone tanks it at all, but Amy Adams is absolutely phenomenal in this film as she is in most things. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you very much, Alex. I think I've got all I need unless anybody wants to add any closing remarks, any final points. The, the thing here is, is, are we judging it as a film in its own right? In which case it was, you know, it's, it's straight to TV. Between, or are we judging it as part of this enchanted uh, series, you know, this franchise? Because in stark contrast to Enchanted, this Enchanted is dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you pulled out the big gun on the at the end right there. I, I, mean, know, I mean, wow, say... we, we had such a nice. That was I was enjoying that. It was lovely. <laughs> I felt like I was. I felt like you had a really good speech before. I just, uh, <laughs> really. Really upset. So, so to counter my earlier. speech, you just called it dog shit. <laughs> no, like, in, 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 in absolute honesty, right, is that it's it's not a terrible film. It's not a good film. It's just not a terrible film in, in its own right. There are lots of glimmers with it, but if you watch it in, if you watch it thinking you get enchanted, you you know you're not. That's the and there's so many uh reviews online they go for the the very low hanging fruit that you know it, it is what it says mm. and and that's you know it's unfortunate uh that that's the case but it, it very much is it's a budget version of of enchanted they, they tried their best and they and you know and, and my god they've tried they've done some great thought processes but just too many people trying to please too many people i think is where we've gone with the story so it just meant that it was all a little bit lackluster and spread too thinly Okay, that's great. And Alex, you want to say anything final before I put the nail on the coffin here? If it was going to be a quick cash grab, like a sequel to Enchanted, there's a much easier ways of going about it. You know, just the, you could have just had the Patrick Dempsey and just made a love story between them. I think they went and did something interesting. And, you know, I think they do need to be applauded for that. And you could applaud them for it, Gav. You've got the power. <laughs> you can do that. Okay, thank you very much, guys. I'm just going to write up some notes here. But in the meantime, can we have a little quiz? Yes, I have a quiz. Uh, so looking at sidekicks in Disney, and what I'm going to do here is I'm going to name a sidekick and first person, no buzzers. You've just got to shout out the film as quick as you can, and then you will get the point. Everyone clear? Yep. Right, I'm going to start with some easy ones. It's all Disney, by the way, so I'm glad, Dave. Ooh, okay is very ill in in a sense because i feel like he would, he would have ruined the quiz by being so good at it so that's a, that's right. a funny way of saying it i'm glad that dave was i'm glad he's really ill for many reasons but this is one of them <laughs> for many reasons right um okay so starting off here's some easy ones so get ready thumper Bambi. Right. yeah you just got to shout it out ozzy oh, okay. just just oh, no, just no, you know, no, you can no, jump no. in and steal from him. Don't worry about no, it. It's no. it's free for all on this one. I, I want you to get aggressive, uh, Sebastian. <laughs> no, baby, you piece of shit. <laughs> yes, yes, Gab, and an extra point for insulting me. Well done, um, Abu. Jungle Book. No, Palace. Who? Um, oh, uh, Aladdin. Well done, Aussie. Ah. Got anything you want to call Gav? <laughs> yeah, prick. Yeah, an extra point for Aussie. Well done. Love it. Uh, we already said this one before, Lumiere. Bam, Bam, the beast. Beauty and the beast. Well done, Gav, well done. 
to the beast in, in this situation. <laughs> you hairy prick. Another point for Gav. Well done, goddamn. Uh, Mushu, Mushu. Oh, 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 you f- fucking knob. <laughs> you little two-eyed, Both. little goofy, tooth, little liver losing. You both get two points, but Ozzy, Ozzy, I want you to take a deep breath. <laughs> right, uh, next one. Uh, right, starting to get a bit harder now. All right, those are, your, those are your easy ones. Zazu. Oh, um, oh, 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 is it the Emperor's New Clothes? No, he's a toucan. Oh, oh, fuck. Oh, what is it? Oh, oh well, um, no. Oh, shit, I don't know. Well, I'm taking three points off your both. Mulan? No. Oh, uh, Mulan, uh, Moana? No, Lion King. Oh, for, for oh, course. Oh, my God. I should have known that. I get, oh, my I actually, God. Do you know what? I'm going to get a point so I could win this quiz myself if, I, if you don't get, <laughs> if you don't get it. Please. I let that absolutely kick myself. Yeah, uh, I've taken points off. So you're on four now. Or so you're on zero. Uh, next one, Sven. Sven. Uh, Frozen? Yes, well done, Aussie. Oh. Uh, John, <laughs> wait, wait, are you, are you, is that an insult to me? Double. I think he's, I think he's oh. talking to the one of us who's actually George. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to give you double I points thought, if you insult the judge, but I thought we were only allowed to, to insult uh, Gav. No, no, no. You, if you insult oh, okay, me, you get, yeah, you get, you get, get extra points. Sergeant Tibbs. <laughs> tips, 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 tips. Uh, Jungle Book. Tricky. Not no. <laughs> Sergeant Tibbs. No. I'm <laughs> well, thinking of uh, the elephants. Uh, oh yeah, maybe. Uh, no, it's uh, set in London. Oh shit! Um, oh no, hundred one Dalmatians. Yes, well done, oh. Aussie. Good work. Yeah. Shot. <laughs> <little> Sweet. <laughs> Four points. Uh, Vanellope von Schweetz. Oh god, no idea. Oh, uh, 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 entangled. Nope. Um, Little girl, Sarah Silverman, I think voices oh, her. Uh, Wreck it, Ralph. You yes, well pencil done, pushing oh. bald prick. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Easy. I, the low hanging fruit gets you more points. Weirdly enough. Uh, right, only a couple more, uh, making it hard now. Miko and Flit. Ooh, M- Mulan. I oh, know we've had Mulan. Uh, He's oh. a raccoon. He's oh, a raccoon. Is it Tarzan? Can't remember. No. Uh, is Pocahontas? A raccoon. Oh, Pocahontas yes, goes to Gav. Oh, you pair of hairy bastards. <laughs> there you go. Well done, Gav. God, you're really running away with this now. And the last one, and let's make this personal, Pascal. Ooh. He has been an answer you've mentioned before, and he is a chameleon. Oh, is it the Emperor's New Groove? Oh, Tangled. Tangled Aussie. Anything to follow up with that? The two of you are going to die way sooner than me. <laughs> <laughs> double double points for going way over the line. Uh, <laughs> like way, way over the line. Alex, I also I heard you say something about Gav's liver before, which got you, <laughs> did, 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 did get you an extra point or two. Alex, well I want you to play this, this footage back at my funeral. <laughs> I want you to stare at Ozzy. <laughs> I know, and just be like, I'm sorry, I tried to. Try while to while you've got one arm round Siobhan, who's <laughs> just shaking my head. Shaking your head. <laughs> All right, well, Gav, you were on nine, and Ozzy was on five, but with that last thing, he doubled his points, so Ozzy wins with ten. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What a great quiz. Thanks. I don't think the quiz itself was great, but your addition this was. <laughs> <laughs> well done guys right well okay now to bring us back down to reality here a verdict oh uh, it's been trickier than i thought it would to be honest so an issue that i have these days with sequels is that often they do feel like cash grabs that are just diluted versions of the original one and don't necessarily add anything new this however feels a bit different there's a very strong foundation there of that question that you said in the very beginning, Alex. What comes after Happily Ever After? But does this film actually build on that or not? Usually, mate. What, sorry? <laughs> oh, see, the insult plots are over, my friend. You'll be getting a stand talking to as soon as this finishes. 
I, I might be into that sort of thing. That will help, help me get to my happily ever. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, it does sound like there are some interesting elements here, like our, how our perceptions of ourselves can be different from all those perceptions of us. Like when Giselle thinks of herself as the princess, but in this new reality, she's the wicked stepmother. And it does sound like it delves into deeper, more complex emotions than usual Disney films, like looking at Robert's depression or his dissatisfaction with his life and looking at the complex relationship between children and step-parents, perhaps. It sounds like the, the things that you liked about the first one are here in this sequel, but it's a debate as to how well they're done. So it sounds like the characters, the costumes, the musical numbers, they're all okay. It sounds like they could be better, but you know, they're, they're at least okay or good. And it does sound like there are some really great performances, especially from Amy Adams. I could tell because Ozzy barely said anything about her, so it must mean that she does give a good performance. And also you both mentioned positives for Indina Menzel and James Marsden's as well. There was a bit of a debate as to whether McDreamy is underutilized or not, and whether Morgan is as fleshed out as she could be. But as Alex said, if we wanted more McDreamy, then maybe it would have been more of a paint by numbers sequel than it was. Also, you did say that my Rudolph's character is too over the top. And I did really like Alex's argument though, when he said that her character in the real world is very grounded and believable and believably villainous as well. And that in the fairy tale world, she is more understandably bigger than life. Uh, Ozzy, you did say something interesting at the end there when you compared it to the original Enchanted and said that in comparison, it's dog shit. And that, that, <laughs> that, almost, that was an interesting that was point. the one takeaway of everything I said. The entire, I mean, I didn't say that much, but over the entire course of this argument, the one thing you took away was those three words. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you know what, maybe it is, although maybe it's harsh to judge something in comparison to a film that came earlier in the series, instead of looking at this as its own film and its own argument, I'm thinking more along the lines of when I argued that Spider-Man 3 should be on the hit list and it was completely thrown out of court. I'm getting I don't remember that, Gav. Do you, do, you, do you remember that well? That, yeah, I do. I do. Sometimes when I go to bed at night, I close my eyes and I still hear those words, shit list, ringing. <laughs> now, I'm getting a bit off topic here. What I will say is it was difficult, but based on the arguments alone, I'm afraid I'm going to have to put this one onto the hit list. So, well done, guys. Well done, both. Now, genuine opinions. Let's find out who thought what? I'm going to start off with Ozzy. What did you think about this film? Did you like it as much as you said you did? Uh, you know what? It, it, it's not winning any awards, but it's also not a, It's not the worst film. It's not nearly as bad as I said it was. Well, maybe it is as bad as I said it was, which and I think I was pretty light on it until the end, to be absolutely honest with you. I think I was quite, uh, I was quite truthful throughout. It's, that it's got loads of gripes. None of the stories are fleshed out as much as they could have been. They could have, they could have dropped two stories, and and really they could have got rid of two writers, and then they've had a bit more of co- cohesiveness throughout. But for the most part, it, it's a good straight to Disney Plus movie. Better than most of the straight to Disney Plus movies. I, you know, I think it's actually better than Hocus Pocus too. Wow. Um, and I like and I like Hocus Pocus too. Um, so. This is a um, it's it's a it's a good movie. It's got a lot of a lot of money's been spent on it, and it and it's pretty clear that that's the case. Um, oh. But it's not nearly as good as the first one. Okay, okay, Alex. Uh, Ozzy said it's better than Hocus Pocus two, but Hocus Pocus two was pretty shit. So... <laughs> I mean, I would I, I would agree with Ozzy that it's better than Hocus Pocus 2, but I'd also agree with Ossie in that it is, it is a bit dog shit <laughs> as well. <laughs> it, it is it is a little bit dog shit. Um, I didn't lie. There's The ingredients are there. Like, the ingredients are there. They're just poor quality ingredients. And, it, and it's a real... I, I, I really like Enchanted, like, more than a 35-year-old man should like Enchanted. I really like that film. It's just a good nice take on a fairy tale and i and i think this is a bit like hocus it's better than hocus pocus 2 but it has that same odd feel of a sequel that's straight to tv that why aren't you why aren't you doing this well like why aren't you doing this properly you've got 
Bette Midler and you've got all that cast. You've got Amy Adams doing this. And, you know, she does a fantastic job. And I, and I think a lot of the cast does. But the the, the, the sets feel cheap. Ozzy's right. There's no catchy songs to it. Um, the story's convoluted for no reason, really. Um, but it's such a nice idea, that Disenchanted. There's such... I, I think there's a really, really, really good film that, that could have been made here that now never will be because this dog shit is yeah, there it's killed you know, it it's killed, yeah, it's killed it because like you can't do it you can't you can't redo this film and the idea of exploring what happens happily ever after calling it disenchanted is just it's a really interesting thing to do and they fucked it up to be honest um the one thing that like annoyed me beyond and i'll stop talking but the one thing annoyed me beyond anything was that the film you know when the film says that giselle's become disillusioned disenchanted with new york mm. that is narrated by a chipmunk that entire bit <laughs> is narrated by a chipmunk. And you're like, why Why am I not watching this? Like, why am I not yeah. seeing this? This film's two hours. Why is a chipmunk telling me about interesting things that happen? So it's stuff like that. It's it's just, like, it, it's just not very, it's just not good filmmaking, I don't think. And, it, and it's a shame because it's such a good premise. It's a brilliant premise, a brilliant cast. That was cast. exactly my, was that, you know, to be honest with you, I was, won over by your argument as well is that i was listening i was going oh, yeah, it's got a point but it's completely that is that it's got all of the yeah all of the ideas of being a good film but i, I genuinely think it's because there's too many writers mm-hmm. and and nobody had ultimate control over what was going to get make a cut and it just feels like that sort of messy let's try and please everyone and just get yeah. through the end of the year uh, get- through to the end of the set. Yeah, like get through it. Like but yeah. with really convoluted oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, I really look forward to watching this one then. Um so <laughs> <laughs> I would say how all Maybe that's why uh, Dave Sill and Dave <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not why Joel didn't uh, pitch up. Joel's baby <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. suddenly Joel's baby suddenly still up at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, especially Dave, who probably had to defend this one. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to uh, just say I'm not feeling very well. Um, it's got a 100% record, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knew. He, he threw me to the wolves on this one, didn't he? <laughs> now, I, I would say higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was one of the greatest films ever made, The Exorcist. <laughs> but I think I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say higher or lower than the film before that, which was Hocus Pocus 2. I roll over than that. I think that's a really good comparison, to be honest, because they're both sequels to films that were made like you know over fifteen years beforehand. Got all the old ensemble cast back, but were released straight onto Disney Plus when they probably could have been released at the cinema. So good comparisons, but high or lower? Higher, uh, I think. Possibly lower. Okay, so this, uh, Hocus Pocus scored sixty-four and fifty-one percent. That's critical and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. I think lower and higher. Lower, Either lower. Way. So critic okay. lower. I think Hocus Pocus 2 has got more, I don't know. Yeah, lower, lower. Yeah, yeah, it does what? have more fans, doesn't it? Like I voted higher. Okay, I think what Ozzy is <laughs> right, it's, it's got slightly higher audience scores, 55%, which is still pretty low. Yeah. Uh, but much lower critical scores, 39%. Oh, oh. Yeah. Ouch. It's not good considering that it's just a week old as well, and I don't think those yeah. scores are going to improve. It just sounds like a bit of a bizarre model to spend all this money just on the streaming platform. You know, like, uh, what, what, I, th- I thought they had it originally where they were going to do limited cinematic releases. And then yeah. straight to Disney Plus afterwards. So you know, you... That's, that's what they should do. That you can yeah. only watch it on Disney. Instead, I can watch like all the same stuff I can watch on Netflix on Disney Plus. It's like yeah, a bit yeah. cheaper. I could just watch it on Netflix. Mm. We're going to be back in two weeks' time with a continuation of our festive theme with the 2022 Christmas comedy Spirited, starring Austin's favourite Ryan Reynolds and Austin's even more favourite, Will Ferrell. So looking forward to that one. Just to say thank you very much, guys, for your arguments, and thanks for the great quiz as well. And thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode. Really do appreciate you taking the time out to listen to us. And if you want more Films on Trial content, go on filmsontrial.co.uk. You can check us out on any podcasting platform 
and all the social medias at Film Trials on Twitter and Films on Trial on everything else. So what have we learned today? Well, you can deliver a really long, detailed and impassionate speech, but it'll be nowhere near as memorable for me as calling something dog shit. (laughs) 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 But ultimately, the disenchanted is on the hit list. (laughs) And (laughs) we're going to find out if that was the right call next week. But we're going to be back in your ears in two weeks' time with Spirited. Goodbye. I think I'm going to record this bit from the final recording, um, especially yeah. when we're talking about some guy getting fired from Disney. <laughs> yeah, could, could get ourselves in a little, <laughs> a little hot bother there, couldn't we? I, I, I absolutely, I literally absolutely don't know that anyway. I just like flicked yeah. through an article. <laughs> so I, I really don't know that for sure at all. And was like, I might bring that up on the podcast, but yeah. Uh, <laughs>